With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to episode six of the Writing the Gary Kelly's podcast. It's good to be back. On today's panel, we have Birmingham's finest retired bachelor and our LUFC Midlands correspondent, Matt Beebe. He's joined by Lucy, who we're hoping doesn't crumble again on our game show. Everyone is talking about the Wheel of Wotton. And finally, Dan, who's our resident Harry Styles lookalike and is available for bookings. So you can watch him enjoy his watermelons from a safe social distance. How are we doing, guys? Anyone been up to much this week worth sharing? Yeah, not, not a lot really. Been put into tier three lockdown, so there's not really a lot that we can do at the minute. I was going to say, it's a bit of a silly question right now, isn't it? We're not actually allowed to do anything fun. So. <laughs> <laughs> so on today's show, we'll take a look back at Leeds' last two games against Wolves and Aston Villa. We've got another instalment of Leeds Around the World, and we'll finish off with the game show that is the talk of Leeds, the Wheel of Wotton. However, before we get started, we just wanted to point you in the direction of something important to our hearts. The Leeds United Supporters Trust have been working alongside two local food banks to set up Leeds Fans Food Bank. As we know, times are challenging for all of us, but some people don't even have the money to put food on the table after a long day. It's time to make a change. So head over to justgiving.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash Leeds Fans Food Bank to start making a difference to somebody's life today. No matter how big or how small your donation is, we're marching on together. Leeds have done well. Um, I watched them last, lo- um, last night and this season. They look like a team of hard workers. You know, I mean, they're probably the fittest team in the league. You they're said all- they're a myth. They're all good. Let me finish. <laughs> no, they're, they're, they're the fittest team in the league. I'd say they're organised, especially going forward. I know Bamford's done okay, but they lack a bit on the wing and strikers. You know, I feel like teams will find them out a bit if you can work as hard as Leeds. 
I think you'll beat them by quality. As well, Laura, I think that everyone get, is getting excited about Bielsa, but I mean, if you're getting that excited about Bielsa, then we must be like putting a red carpet down for Dean Smith. Maybe because he's English, we don't get too excited about him, but what he's doing tactics-wise as well with Aston Villa, he deserves a lot of credit, and I feel like people need to calm down with Leeds United at the moment. So let's look back at our last two games, and this section is dedicated to the wonderful Gabby Agbonwaha. A narrow 1-0 loss at home to Wolves on Monday, followed by a spectacular 3-0 away win at the league's informed team Villa on Friday. What's everyone's thoughts on the overall performances this week? Yeah, I think I'll focus on Villa because that was the most recent one first. But I think the performances were good throughout the week. I think at Wolves, for about an hour of that game, we were quite good. We were very good, but obviously I think you saw that Villa probably were in a little bit of a false position compared to someone like Wolves because I think once we put the pressure on Villa, they just crumbled in the last half hour. It was lovely to watch, really. Some of the moves that we were doing, um, yeah, it was a really good performance. I think everyone, everything just went to plan, even when Stroik got booked early on against Villa. You know, Shackleton coming in and he was brilliant in that role. It just seems like it doesn't matter how many injuries we have, we've got people that can fill in in these roles and do them really well. Um, so I think from a from a spectacle point of view, the Villa game was probably one of the best game, most enjoyable games I think I've watched um, under Leeds under Bielsa. Yeah, I think we were really unlucky not to come away with at least a point against Wolves. I thought we absolutely dominated the first half. Pretty sloppy second half, giving the ball away too much. But when you look back on the Aston Villa game, it was like the polar opposite. I think I was quite nervous before the game, especially knowing that they're the informed team um, and the fact that we did have Coops and Calvin missing but I think yeah it was one of the best games that we've played for a long time and I don't think anyone had a bad game I think Rodrigo probably his best game in a lead shirt and it's just a start so yeah I think we're it was a really enjoyable game and something we were all extremely extremely pleased about. I actually enjoyed what both games I know obviously the Wolves are a bit more of a painful affair but Leeds played well in both games one of the things I just took away was Marcello Bielsa after the Villa game said, Patrick Bamford is doing nothing different to what he always does. He's just taking his chances now. And you just wonder if that, that's going to be the difference um, this season. If you've got a player like Bamford with somebody as potent as Rodrigo next to him, whether you're kind of look, looking on to some big things, you know, some, some big results with that. But excellent play. I think, uh, as, as Dan said, the fact you have this almost interchangeable sort of squad. I mean, I, I was worried when uh, when Ailing was uh, put in at centre-half. I thought he's, he's not really prospered there before, but he really came out. And at the end, you, you, apparently he, he was shouting at the guys he wanted a clean sheet. So he's taking a real sort of leaders, the real captain's role. So re- really, really good to be a Leeds fan this week, to, to bounce back from what you consider to be quite an unjust defeat against Wolves, where we deserved at least a point to then just absolutely hammer Aston Villa. Plus, living in Birmingham, it was especially sweet. <laughs> Can imagine. I mean, yeah. your points off, obviously on Bamford, he's, he scored three goals, two absolute cracking goals. The game against Wolves and Villa, they both started fairly similar in that Leeds had lots of chances to go ahead in the first half that we didn't take. And that, with the Wolves game, led to them obviously nicking one late on and us losing that match. Thankfully, we got the first goal against Villa, which I think was huge. 
So not to be negative because we did score three great goals, but is there an aspect that we actually do need to be taking more of these chances early on or we're going to risk getting caught out in second halves of matches? Yeah, I think the first goal is key in our games a lot of the time and probably showed in that game that, like I said, once we got the first goal against Villa, there was only one winner in that game. And against Wolves, I think you just felt in the first half that we needed to score when we were on top because, you know, they have quite a lot of quality in the team. So there is still that that little niggling thing that, when you know, if we go 1-0 down, can we, you know, can we come back? And yes, we've come back in games before, but this is the Premier League now. So it's probably going to be a bit more difficult because I think if you, in the Wolves game, when we went 1-0 down, I can't really remember us having a chance to get back in it, really. We had a lot of possession, but not much. We didn't really look like penetrating through them again. So, yeah, it's, um, and obviously we're not going to be negative, though, because the way that we bounced back against Villa proved that, you know, we're not going to be going, we're not going to go down after one loss. We're going to keep bouncing back. Um, and I think there's a lot to, a lot to be positive from the last two games, for sure. This is a bit of a tricky question, given the fact that we actually went on to win the game quite comfortably. But did we miss Calvin Phillips at all? Is there an element that actually it's fine for us to rest him every now and then because we can shuffle the pack and, and still put on a really good show like we did on Friday? I, I've got to say, I I don't think we did miss Calvin Phillips. I, I think uh, as, as important as he is and, and as, as averse as I am to, to criticising our players... Well, apart from some of them, obviously, who clearly deserve it. But um, Calvin Phillips, I, I don't think, is, was having his best game against Wolves anyway. Um, I think, if nothing else, he kind of deserves a break sometimes. I think he, he'd been away with England. Um, Gary Southgate clearly had ruined him and untrained all the good stuff that Marcelo Bielsa had trained into him. Um, so, I, I don't think we missed him, really. No, not at all. I think... We were probably better in midfield at Aston, against Aston Villa than we were when we were playing Wolves. It's, it's really hard to put your finger at, but I think you, you can't underestimate the impact that um, that Costa was having in midfield. He's got a great range of passing and was all over um, the centre midfield as well as out on the wings. And the same for Shackleton, who just did the simple stuff really well. So I, I don't think we missed him, but I think when he comes back, will definitely have that extra dimension. Yeah, I think it is a, a bit of a tough one, but I I don't think we missed him as much as I thought we were going to. I thought the game seemed a bit quicker. I think Calvin seems to slow it down a bit. Um, but of course, there are some aspects where you are going to miss him, but it shows that we are capable of playing without him. I think Struick did really well up until he got taken off. And then when Shax came on, I thought he did an excellent job in that, um, in that midfield. So... Yeah, it, it's a tough one, but um, we managed to get through it in the end. Yeah, I think Lucy made a good point there in terms of the way that Shackleton kind of just ran around pretty much. And he was told, I think he said in a, um, an interview after the game that he was told, you know, to get in between the lines, want the ball, get the ball driving forward. And I think that kind of helped us, especially in the second half. It gave us a little bit of a different dimension than we usually do with Calvin, who's, you know, obviously his job is to protect the back four and get the ball moving you know with the longer passes and stuff but Shackleton especially with the third goal he was up in the nearly in the six yard box teeing it up for Bamford weren't he or inter, interchanging with Costa and I think it should it probably shows that we shouldn't be afraid of taking Phillips off sometimes and you know going for the game a bit more um, by getting someone like Shackleton on to drive us forward but obviously Phillips is very key to 
Bielsa's system. And I think as soon as he's back, it'll be him playing every game again, won't he? But um, in terms of that game, I think the guys did brilliant without him. And Matt's touched on it already, but I think let's just take a moment to mention and celebrate really what a player Luke Ayling's become since we've moved into the Prem. Like not only is he a safe pair of hands at the back, but he's driving forward constantly and helping us create some chances. I mean, he had a joke on social media the other day that he just wants to have one shot a game. He just wants to have a pop. And I think he just brings that kind of personality and the fearlessness that we have as a team that other teams are finding so difficult to play against. It's kind of rooted in, in players like Luke Ayling. So how important is he to the team right now? Absolutely. He, he was captain fantastic, wasn't he, against Aston Villa? You know the, the goal line clearance, the, the shouting at the at the, uh, the the other defenders right at the end that he wasn't wasn't going to let any goals and he wanted a clean sheet. But I mean, I think the other side of Luke Kaling, which I, I I really like, is that even the opposition players seem to like him. They will meet him with a smile on their face and he'll help them up after he's uh, he's chopped them over and they'll be laughing about it. He's just one of these great characters uh, to have on the field and he just gets better and better and. I'm just going to come out and say this. Surely there is a place in the England squad for Luke Aylin now. I've said it now and I can't take it back. Well, we do need another right back. It's a big call. (laughs) (laughs) We're sticking my left back, actually. Probably do a better job, but yeah. (laughs) No, I agree. Um, He's he's pretty much our rock star, ain't he? So... um, and I think he just the system, the way we play, just suits him down to the ground. You know, chance to express himself, and you know he's up and down that pitch. I mean, it gives me a stitch watching him. You know, the way that he gets back into his box to defend, but then he's driving us forward. Um, you know, it doesn't matter where he plays on the pitch. Is um, yeah, and I think he's definitely a good standing captain. I thought he did a, a brilliant job. So we've got Leicester at home um, up next a week on Monday. They got well. They obviously hammered City, but then they went on to lose their next two matches against what you would probably say is lesser opposition. They've also got Europa League matches, which they've got one next week before they play us. So, how are you fancying our chances against them uh, a week on Monday? It's one of these results, isn't it, that, you, that that would make a real statement if if you gave Leicester a clear beating next Monday. I think people would sit up and say, "No, it's, yes, we have drawn with Man City. Yes, we were so close to draw with Liverpool." Uh, and we've done well against an Aston Villa team. We were on a good run. But Leicester have been a consistently good team um, last couple of seasons. And I, I, I do I do actually fancy our chances, but it'll be, it will be a real test. When you look at the, the, the quality they've got, particularly that they're attacking quality, it'll be a real test for our defence. Yeah, I quite fancy our chances against Leicester at home, I think, next week. Especially with, obviously, they've got Europa League match to play in midweek. Uh, of course, it's going to be a tough game. Every game in the Premier League, as we've seen, is has been tough. But I think, like we said earlier, I think if we got that first goal, possibly in the first half, I think we'd come away with at least a point in that game. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to next week's game. Yeah, I think it'll be a tough one, that. But it's probably not a bad time to play Leicester just with their fixture congestion. They've got a few key injuries. I know Vardy's been... Uh, he has those problems. Um that Pereira's still out, I think. Indeed, he's out. They've got a few injuries, haven't they? Um, and a few players coming back. So, they're probably a good time to play them. But they've still got a lot of quality in their team. And you can tell by the way they've started the season. Um, so, I think 
I don't know. I kind of fancy us for most games, to be honest. Even going in against City, you didn't expect much. But then, as soon as we start playing, you think, God, we can, you know, we can get something out of this as well. So, at the minute, I think we've just got the mentality where we can, we go into every game and think we can probably get something. And you know, but as with the Wolves game, I'm sure everyone felt a bit down when we lost. But it weren't the end of the end of the world. So, I think with Leicester, it's it's just same as always and then see how it goes but I agree with what Matt said if we can turn Leicester over that will be a bit a bit of a statement because they'll be up there they'll be a top half team Leicester this season so be interesting to see how that one goes but the Mechas wait for a games now this year don't they it's what another week for that one so usually it's Tuesday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday Saturday not getting mm, not getting it's getting Tuesday a break anymore. in the Premier League aren't we I know yeah <laughs> and we st- people still reckon we'll burn out as well. Then. <laughs> so while you're browsing Twitter during the break, why don't you head over to the Terrace and check out their Leeds United range for all your retro, classic and modern day gear. I'll tell you what, Dick, I've got to say, I love a good brew in my Tony Bow mug, bought on the com. It's now time for Leeds Around the World, the feature which has taken us international, like literally. So far, we've had Canadian Leeds United fanatic Michael Maynard join us and Australian superfan Tyler Wakefield. Can you guys hazard a guess at where we found Leeds United from, from this week? Um, I'm going to say Brazil. Nope. Uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for Spain. <laughs> well, I'll give you a clue. Four players from this country have represented Leeds United in the past. And by clue, I mean I'm basically telling you what the answer is. Right. Albert Johansson, Lucas Radovi, Phil Messinger and David Sommer. Oh, South Africa. Hey, he's got it. Got it. Let's get to it. Here's our man, Matt McKeith, catching up with Cape Town-based Leeds United fan, Matt Ginsberg. Thanks for joining us today, Matt, on Leeds Around the World. So I guess the first question is... Why Leeds United? So it's a funny start and it comes from my dad. When he was in, um, when he was about 10 years old, him and his brother were busy picking teams and this was in, what, the mid-60s. So just as the Revy era was kicking off and my dad's brother said, I'm going to pick Man United. My dad kind of looked at the league table, chose Leeds and it was the most unbelievable decision for him as we went and won numerous trophies and got to the European Cup final you know, it became a a bit of a hassle. We were relegated when I was four and it was quite difficult, especially, you know, being in South Africa where you can't actually go down to Ellen Road and watch your team. And none of the games were on TV, you know, in the days we were in League One. But I think there's an addiction to Leeds United in the sense that our fan base is incredibly strong. It's incredibly vocal. And especially growing up in the, you know, the early noughties or, and late noughties as well, but watching the club trying to succeed, you know, the close failures, it just riles you up and makes you want to support Leeds even more. And there's just no way you could ever stop doing that. Following on from that then, it's been your all-time favourite player for Leeds so far? You know, being South African, there was only one one real option in <laughs> effectively choosing uh, <laughs> choosing Lucas Radebe. <laughs> no. No disrespect to, to David Sommer or the thing with, with Lucas is that he was such a leader. 
he was so pivotal to South Africa at the time as well. He's been voted in the top 100 South Africans. And just every time he was on the pitch, you know, at Ellen Road, he was loving it, puts his heart on his sleeve. And even now, actually, I got to meet him at a Premier League live day in Cape Town in 2016. And it was really fantastic how, you know, I went there wearing a Leeds top just in case I'd see Lucas and this day had gone on it had been six hours and I spotted him out of the corner of my eye and I ran up to him and just the joy in his face to see you know someone in South Africa wearing a Leeds shirt so Lucas is undoubtedly a hero and I saw when you guys did your your fans favorite tournament um you know Lucas made it to the final so yes that's I mean it's just testament to him so yeah there's only one favorite Leeds player for me yeah, fantastic. And 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 even now he's 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 so active now in terms of the media, I guess, in South Africa, banging the Leeds United drum, which is which is good to see. Definitely. And he's just started his own podcast as well, which is quite awesome. I think it's called the Chief Podcast. Yes. So yeah, I mean a, a dream of mine to would be to just watch a Leeds game with Lucas. Most memorable one at supporting Leeds. Funnily enough, I've I've got I've got two which are both pretty awesome stories in their own right. Um, so the first would obviously be a monumental day for Leeds in League One. Um, was actually the the FA Cup tie against Man United. You know, January third. Remember the day to beat the team. That, yeah. Um, <laughs> not gonna not gonna sing for you guys, but funnily enough, that day I was in Cape Town and it was day one of the the Newlands Test of SA versus England. So actually quite a lot of Leeds fans in the stadium. And luckily enough, my my dad's friend, you know, has a has a box in the stadium and he's a massive Man United fan. And the game was on on a TV um, whilst we were sitting in the box. So we kind of just stopped watching the cricket and watched the full 90 minutes. And, you know, when Beckford, when Beckford you know, put one in at the Stratford end, it was unbelievable. And it was me, my dad and my brother. And once again, just. You know, that's what you, you get when you support a side like Leeds. There's there's also that family time of, you know, watching the games with my dad and my brother. And it becomes such a special thing for the three of us. You know, it's our journey through Leeds. And that day, you know, going on and winning was, was just incredible. And there were so many fans in Leeds shirts that day. And that was my first proper taste of like, you know, this is Leeds, this is Yorkshire, um, you know, emphasised in in passion. And that's kind of what I found. And then another moment was, you know, I have actually been to Ellen Road once and it was luckily enough, we were going through a horrible spell. It was just before Grayson was sacked. It was on the 2nd of January, 2012. Um, we played against Burnley and some bizarre things I saw that day because Norbo, I think, did his knee and then Trippier, Kieran Trippier got a red card for Burnley. And I don't know how we, we managed to wiggle away a last minute winner from Ross and Cormac and, you could just tell Ellen Road was a little bit gloomy and the, the the ecstasy of that final goal was incredible. But for me, that wouldn't even be my magical moment. It was just, you drive down, you're about maybe 10 minutes away from the stadium. And as you're driving down, you can just see a glimpse of the top of Ellen Road. Mm. And for me, the first thought was, this is real. This fantasy land, which I've heard so much of, all the stories, all the you know, the legacies everywhere where my, my head kind of is every other Saturday. You know, this place actually exists. And that's what being a foreign supporter is all about, is actually there that, you know, Ellen Road's a place. It is unbelievable. And it's it was very cool to see. And that probably was, was a bit better than the McCormack winner. 
<laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> but um, just while we're talking to players, should we look at your all-time Leeds United 11? Do you want to talk us through it? Awesome, we'll go for it. So I've chosen a, an 11 that's pretty much from my time of watching the club from 99 um, until the present day. So looking at goalkeepers, oh, and by the way, I've, I've gone with a 4-1-4-1. I mean, I, I don't think it takes a genius to, to guess why I put a central, a central defensive midfielder in there. But uh, <laughs> So in goals, I've gone with Nigel Martin. You, you probably see him as the best goalkeeper that the club's ever had and definitely better than anyone we've had in the Football League days, although Paul Robinson does get fairly close. So at left back, I've gone with Ian Hart. As well, just an absolute free kick specialist, a bit of a fan's favourite and all it leads. And he was just proper quality. And when you think of Ian Hart, you think of the long sleeve shirt, whipping one in from 35 yards out. And that's he he has to be there at right at right back. I've gone with Luke Ayling. And that's just also a testament to the fact that he's done so well. And, you know, he's he's so much more than a player we got for less than a million of pounds from Mm, Bristol City. You know, he's what he's done for Leeds United in terms of, you know, getting the fans together. In ter- I mean, in terms of what I can only imagine is a huge dressing room presence. You look at like that interview he gave after Nottingham Forest away last year when he was just so emotional. And you think about how obviously he's a very good footballer, but how much that kind of, you know, emphasizes Leeds. He cared as much as we did. He knew that could have been a a really big dent in in our promotion chase and I think he's just he just you know he is Leeds <laughs> yeah. sort of thing to go um my two center backs one will be quite controversial I've obviously gone with the chief and he's going to captain my side but I don't think I need to talk more about him I've said so much already <laughs> just an absolute hero and legend yeah I'd be surprised if you didn't include him <laughs> <laughs> no first name on the team sheet um and then my other my other centre back, but controversial, but I've gone with Pontus Janssen. Okay. Um, the thing with Pontus Janssen is that, and it, it's a similar story to Pablo Hernandez, but they both came in in that Gary Monk, that Gary Monk side where you know we'd just been dead on bang average for about four or five seasons. The club was not going in the right direction, and all of a sudden you brought in Pontus, and he just fought for everything, every single header. He'd score and he'd dive into the away into the away fan section and you know he he really cared a lot and he was a bloody good footballer as well so you know Pontus Janssen does make my my side and my my CDM is is obviously going to be Colvin playing quarterback and you know pulling the strings and making a tackle and then pinging one 45 yards and but uh, yeah Colvin's Colvin's just incredible onto my centre mids I had to kind of decide between Click and Johnny Halson. I I love Johnny Halson and he was fantastic. And you know, as a youngster who captained us at about age 21, he was he was very good and he gets a notable shout out. But yeah. just the way in which Click's just taken to duck, like, just taken like a duck to water in the last two seasons. You know, he came back from that loan spell and he just wanted to be Leeds. He's just like very unconventional and he's one of the most, he's one of the smartest footballers and he's Premier League class. And my more advanced attacking central midfielder is going to be Pablo. He's been our best player since we've been relegated in 2004, undoubtedly. And, you know, he, the only reason why he hasn't been player of the season every single year is by virtue of the fact that Chris Wood scored 30 goals and, that Gary Monk season, but 
Pablo is, he's a magician, he's special. Every single time he gets the ball, you know, he's going to do something. And to be honest, if I was any manager in the world, I'm putting Pablo in my side, just mm-hmm. purely because he's got a brain like no other. My wingers are from an era of which I haven't actually had any had any players yet. And I've gone with Snoddy on the right. I mean, Robert Snodgrass is just exciting. It was often, you know, give the ball to Snoddy and he'll just make something happen. Scored a lot of goals, captained the club towards the, you know, I think it was, when was it? It was that 11-12 season when, you know, Warnock had just stepped in and we were kind of in a bit of a shambles and Snoddy just, you know, put his hand up and gave us so much for Leeds. On the left, Maxi Gradle, very, very exciting he he scored, I think it was 18 goals that that 2010-11 season from the wing. He did. And to a degree, it was always funny because you'd have the left-footed Snodgrass on the right and the right-footed Grado on the left, and they just complemented each other so well. Up front is a bit of a, a bit of a tough one. I told <laughs> told my dad I was thinking of putting Damper there. He, <laughs> he <laughs> politely disagreed. Yeah. No, it's a good show. <laughs> but, um. But I've I've gone with Jermaine Beckford up front. I, I don't think there can be too many arguments for that. Yeah, I think when you went with the one up top, I was thinking you've cut yourself short there because we've had some great strikers over the years. If you want to ask who's managing them, I think uh, <laughs> I don't think I need to tell you. <laughs> Go for it. Is it is it Steve Evans? <laughs> oh, I was thinking more along the lines of Melanic or Heckingbottom, but uh, Bielsa's just put them. <laughs> Yeah, great shout, great shout. There's no one else you could really give it to, I guess, in your era supporting the club. So, certainly not. And I think you, if you're ever going to talk about the, the big three of the club, you know, it's now going to be Revy, Wilco and, and Bielsa. And to be honest, I think those are three that will take a lot of beating if you want to get into that category. Well, thanks for joining us, Matt. It's been great to great to chat to you, great to, to look back on some of your memories and the reason why you support Leeds. And, and obviously that team, as we said, is uh, an absolute world beater. Conquer Europe if it was formed today. So, But yeah, really appreciate you joining us today. Certainly. Thank you so much. And it's been awesome to be on here. You know, any excuse to chat about Leeds is a pretty, a pretty good one. So <laughs> I really loved it. And thank you for having me. The Wheel of Wotton. So we've spent the international break WD-40ing the wheel and it is ready to go. So a reminder on how this game works, I'm going to ask a question, we'll spin the wheel of Wotton and whoever it lands on has to answer the question in 20 seconds, no more, no less. You guys ready? Always. I think so. (laughs) Okay, question number one. Is Marcelo Bielsa a myth? It's Lucy. Right, I'm not going to crumble this week. Um, of course, Bielfa's not a myth. Um, if we've seen what we've done over the, the past year with promotion, um, us battering Villa at the weekend, I don't understand how anyone can dare turn around and say Bielsa is a myth. Oh, still very swift within that 20 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Straight to it's the impressive. point. It's impressive, it's impressive. Well done. <laughs> Question number two. Beckford... Or Bamford? Dan. Oh, Beckford or Bamford. It's like picking between your twins, ain't it? Um, I would probably have to... 
punt for the man of the moment, Patrick Bamford, for his stunning strike into the top corner. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I think he's been through us. He's earned the promotion. Unlike Betford when he left, Bamford's still with us. Very good. Oh. Missing, I need I need to keep it closer around the time next time. <laughs> Get my closing statement out there. I bet we can't okay. guess who this next question is going to go to. Um, third and final question. So last time Leeds were promoted to the Premier League, the following season we finished fourth, which is obviously currently where we sit. So where will Leeds finish this season? And it's Matt. Um, I, I'm going to go all at it. I think Leeds will finish in sixth place. I, 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 I believe we will be up there for a berth in what was, I suppose, the UEFA Cup. I, I think we have... This, it's a topsy-survey league. The top teams are not covering themselves in glory. And I think... Oh. <laughs> I crumble. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm all for uh, European football next season. As it's going, oh, yeah. I'd be disappointed if we're not in the top three. Oh, yeah, European tour for sure next season. If you'd have asked me a Friday night where we'd finish, I'd have said top of the league. So, yeah, I think once <laughs> after a few beers, you'd think you could finish anywhere, can't you? I mean, we're definitely in the honeymoon period, aren't we? I think one thing I was talking about earlier was how, as a fan base and in our entirety we're just so determined to enjoy every second of this season because we've waited so long for it so I think we'll we'll take the highs and we'll take the lows and what happens at the end of the season happens but it's so nice to see us consistently playing positive football and we never expected anything else from Bielsa it's not like he was going to change how he works but you know it's working against Premier League teams and I think not only are we seeing that and enjoying the nice football, but we're also actually enjoying some results as well. So who knows what's going to happen? It's a crazy season. It is. It is. I must admit, this honeymoon's been going on since Bielsa arrived, actually. So <laughs> it's the longest honeymoon ever. Hi, guys. Michael Bridges here. When I'm lying in Australia on a nice sandy beach, watching sharks and the jellyfish come ashore, I like nothing better than reading and listening to writeinthegarrykellys.com touched on Patrick Bamford and his three goals that he scored on Friday night. The first was very much a tap-in, but he had to be right place, right time. The second two were spectacular finishes of the highest quality. How are you guys feeling about his performances at the minute and his potential for the rest of the season? I think but I think Bamford could um, could get 20 goals this season, the rate he's going. And I mean, what I really, really liked about all, all, I loved all of his three goals, of course I did, but he had a poacher's goal, as you say, he, he was there waiting for Rodrigo's shot to come back off Martinez, tapped it in, you know, cool as you like. He would have missed that probably last season, he would have missed a big chance like that. But the other two were probably, what I mean, I've, I've referred to Patrick Bamford as being similar to a young Dennis Bergkamp uh, in an earlier podcast. Now, I'll, I'll hang my hat on that one because he had dancing feet, didn't he, for the third one. He had three defenders around him and he shimmied round them and he got this incredible backlift with no space whatsoever to hammer it in. I mean, it was a real technician's type of goal. Um, and, the, and the second one, wow, you know, from, from from inside the D, curling it past it, past Martinez, just you know, again, a real kind of you know magician's type effort. It was it was a bit reminiscent of some of the goals Pablo was scoring last season. So you can kind of see this uh, this other side developing his confidence, kind of growing with him. 
um, that he doesn't just have to do this simple strikers tapping stuff. He can do uh, the spectacular, and he seems brave enough to do it now. So just you know, blown away by uh, by that hat trick. Brilliant. Well done, Paddy. Yeah, I'm so happy for for Bamford. He well well deserved because he just works so hard on and off the ball. He even had them two great chances in the first half. Six in six. I'm sure he'd be extremely pleased with that. Um, I've always been a massive fan of him, even when a lot of fans were giving him stick last season. But yeah, thoroughly well deserved. You're like a proud mother, weren't you, Lucy? Watching that hat trick go in. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Um... Oh, it was such a good hat trick! Like you'll do, you'll do good to see a better one. I think just because even his movements for every single goal, the strike for the second one, like I say, I mean it was just ridiculous. Really, almost hit it on the inside of his foot and got like outside curl on it. Like it was an unbelievable strike. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I think I remember actually uh, one of the podcasts I was on last on the Wheel of Waterness. I think he said. He'd score 13 goals. He was about halfway there already. So I might have to amend that. The, the, the wheel defeated me there. But, um, the wheel has some power. Yeah, it has. It's inspired Bamford anyway, because that was, um, yeah, it was a terrific hat trick. And I mean, if, we, if that's how we're playing with Rodrigo behind and Bamford up front, then that's it. We've not signed Rodrigo to replace Bamford. We've just signed him to compliment him and propel him onto 30 goals a season maybe who knows but yeah really good and um I think that'll give him a hell of a lot of confidence especially as he missed a couple of chances in the first half and you're thinking oh is that Bamford you know missing a few chances again is that going to affect him and well no it didn't and I think that was the, the most pleasing thing he really kicked on with that and you know that'll do him the world of good and to have a striker in form in the Premier League is massive I think if you can get a look at that Calvert-Lewin, he was when you're hot, you're hot, you score goals and hopefully he'll stay hot for a while. Also, just a quick mention for that ridiculous pass from Rafinha right at the end where we probably should have had a fourth goal, but, you know, it is what it is. How good was that ball? Oh, that I was, I nearly fell off my chair when he hit that. That was an unbelievable <laughs> pass. It was, it was one of those Hernandez-type passes where no one's seen it. And not only have you got to see it, you've got to pull it off. And yeah, that deserved something at the end of it, didn't it? <laughs> it really did. God, yeah, it just come out of nowhere. I, I was like, where the hell did that come from? Um, so yeah, I think the small glimpses that we have seen of Rafina have been very exciting. Um, I did watch the under-23s match where he played the full game this afternoon and bagged himself a goal. He just, th- he just looked fantastic. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing what else he can produce bedded in so quickly into the whole team um, ethic and the way we play. And, and as you say, Rafine is just a natural, isn't he? That, that ball was beautiful, beautifully weighted, you know, great vision for it. But yeah, he was uh, he had to put, he still has to put a shift in, didn't he, against uh, Norwich under-23s today, which I, I, was, I thought was kind of a bit cruel, to be honest. But, you know, there, there we are. Yeah, that bench is looking very good now. Like a lot of Leeds fans, is a bit worried, you know, maybe we should have signed an Ollie Watkins, you know, maybe we hadn't got enough, but I mean, Bamford is not alone so much up front now, is he? He does have that real kind of feel of quality players around him uh, in Rafinha, in Rodrigo, you know, it, it, it can't really get much better. For, for, for our uh, for our forwards at the moment, and you know, I, I should have mentioned Costa as well, of course. 
who really has just completely come out of his uh, his shell, if indeed he was ever in it. But uh, he he has come on leaps and bounds. The, the Premier League suits at that guy so well. Yeah, maybe throw in a mention for Harrison as well. We've just got to mention everyone, I think. Thanks so much for joining us wherever you are in the world. Make sure you follow us on the socials at RITGK and let us know what you thought about this week's episode. Don't forget, if you are an Apple podcast listener, we would love you to leave us a review and ideally five big fat stars. See you soon. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.